All right, welcome to the show. And mm-hmm. joint, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, so I forced myself to sit through this pay per view, and apparently, there's more rumors coming along out of this whole out of this whole Phil Brooks thing. Uh, allegedly, Punk wanted to get out of his deal when he found out that the Petite renewed theirs. Well, I let, yeah. All I'm gonna say on that one is, if it's true, it's that's stupid because you came into a company that, like it or not, they're the ones that helped found. You know full fucking well from working in WWE that Vince was never going to bring in Omega or the Bucks without drastically changing them. Because let's remember, he already had the Bucks. You know what he did with them? He jobbed them out for three weeks to the Big Show and then fired them. <laughs> what a fucking nobody likes, nobody likes to recall that one, but they were very, very briefly in WWE to job to the big show back in 2008 ish when Big Show was, yeah. I think, feuding with The Undertaker the last time. So yeah. they've already been there, they've already done that, and Vince saw nothing in them then. And to be fair, they were jobbers in TNA under Jeff Jarrett. So let's be fucking for real, punk. If this rumor is in fact true, where did you think they were going to go? Even no, over in fuck. Japan, they're not as over as they make themselves out to be. They were exactly. part of the Bullet Club. That's the only thing that sort of got them over. But as many Japanese wrestling fans have pointed out, they were never as popular over there as they would have you think in AEW. No. The reason that they have any notoriety at all is because of their t-shirts that nobody knew were connected to them. Because they were sold high topic and people liked them. They only cared about without Cody. Without Cody, without Twinkle Toes, without whoever the fuck else was over there in the Bullet Club, they were irrelevant. And Omega was only a big deal when he was beefing with Okada. So Vince wouldn't want him either because Vince and Triple H both would look at him and say, I have to retrain this finger-pointing, jazz-handing dick shit. So you knew they had nowhere else to go. There was never any doubt in anyone's mind but uh, the weird fanboys that they were going to re-sign with the only company that will book them on top. Every other company that they've ever worked for has never booked them as a top attraction. Yeah, I know they won the ROH tag title before Tony ever bought it. Sure, briefly. Briefly. And the last time they won those, and it might have been the only time, I don't know their full fucking history, they beat the Hardys because the Hardys were returning to WWE. So, uh... Where did Punk think they were going to go? Nowhere. If you except knew, their own you, company. You knew this shit. So, realistically, when the shit went down last year, you probably should have just let Tony get you out of your contract then, and y'all could have parted as friends, or whatever the fuck you call yourselves. The other room... So, the other rumor regarding Punk trying to get out of his contract was the fact that Collision... Has settled around like five hundred thousand. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I collisions. Mean, I'm gonna be less assholeish about this and less of a I hate AEW person and more of a let's be fucking for real. Y'all are not going to come in and have the numbers to compete with the number one company for the past 40 or 50 fucking years. Let's be fucking for real on that. Like, I I know that a lot of y'all, punk included, really think y'all are this big name draw and y'all are going to take it to the man, specifically McMahon. Bitch! Vince is the whole reason that most of us watch wrestling, whether we like it or not, because if Vince never took the WWF National, we all wouldn't be the big fans that we are now. No one else had that vision, for good or bad, to take wrestling national. Give the devil his due. Even if you want to say, well, I was really more of an NWA or, or probably a WCW fan if you're splitting hairs. Yeah, but if Vince never went national, WCW would have never went national. It would have stayed in the Carolinas and maybe Georgia. Crockett was ne- never had the ambition to go national until he was competing against Vince. So, to think that y'all are going to come in with any kind of new show and be able to draw the numbers that Vince McMahon has been able to consistently draw for good or bad, and I don't give a shit what you think about the product, they are the number one brand for a reason. They are the recognized brand. You're not going to come in, no matter how big your fucking name is, and do Raw and SmackDown numbers. And let's be fucking for real. Even with Punk on Dynamite, y'all were barely beating NXT. You were barely beating the program that Vince didn't give a shit about. Because it was developmental. The only reason he gave a fuck was because he owned it. So let's be fucking for real here. What what did you... Why do y'all have... if If there's any truth to that rumor, why would you have the delusion to think that those numbers were going to be higher? You are a distant number two to WWE. Yes, I know you just did Wembley. I don't give a shit. You are a distant number two. When you, people say the word or the phrase, I watch wrestling, anyone that re- they are talking to is immediately going to say either WWF because they haven't watched it since the name change or WWE because that's the fucking name they know. No that's one's going to say, oh, you mean the all elite wrestling bullshit? No, it, no one's going to say that because no one knows what the fuck AEW is outside of their hardcore faithful. Dynamite's numbers are not changing either. Why did Punk think that Collision, I don't give a fuck how much better you think it was, was going to outdraw the main show? It wasn't. Stupid. If he thought that. If he thought that. Because this is a legend. Exactly. This is the alleged rumor because reportedly he wanted to leave for those two for those two reasons, and apparently, so uh, apparently, the Buckaroos weren't even allowed on collision. Duh. We knew that when I they mean, started. Uh, we, we heard. Yeah, we knew that. We we knew that, and Meltzer confirmed that, and and that's the one case in which I can somewhat trust Meltzer, is because he's getting the information from those two ta- two little hardly dipshits anyway. So, okay. So they, I mean, and, they were on collision last night. Yeah, they were. 
Yeah, so apparent and apparent and apparently Road Warrior Buck was doing a fucking victory lap around the damn around the damn ring while the Chicago crowd was chanting Punk's name. The interesting part to me, because they think they're getting good heat. No, you're getting go away heat. You were in a town that 10, 15 years ago would have ran y'all the skinny asses out of there. They being nice to y'all at this point. Because they don't want to catch no more ch- no charges. But the original type of Chicago fan base would absolutely have run you two little skinny spot waffles out of their fucking city when you decided to come out and talk shit like y'all were completely in the right. Y'all weren't any more in the right than Punk is. The difference is... I don't know what the fuck the difference is. I guess the title. And yeah. the fact that y'all gave Tony the idea to start this retarded ass shit. <laughs> Bruh. So, but here's the deal that I'm noticing because I follow so many of the actual wrestlers on social media. Like I follow Andrade. I fo- I do follow Nero, even though I have a love hate relationship with him. Because sometimes I think he's a fucking idiot. Um, FTR. All of the real wrestlers seem to still be on Punk's side. Andrade just put, made a post on social media today, I think, where he was basically like. Basically, CM Punk owes him a match. He can't wait to work with him in the future. FTR came out with one of them doing, you know, Punk's taunt. So, Miro is clearly seemingly on Punk's side. So, to me, it sounds like there's there's still bullshit here. I'm going to agree with Cornette on this one. Tony Khan full of shit. Something doesn't add up. Because too many wrestlers are on Punk's side, and not all of them have reason to be. Yeah, something ain't clean. Nobody is hopper from my safety shoes. And nobody is sticking up for Jack Perry. I mean, the Harley boys probably are, but who the fuck cares what they think? That's their little friend. And he did the shit with their prop thing, and you know he did. Oh yeah. Probably with probably with their approval since they hold that EVP title. So but all of the wrestler wrestlers, the wrestlers that understand what wrestling is supposed to be, the wrestlers that try to actually work, the wrestlers that have some respect for the business and don't view this like they're actors, they seem to still be on Punk's side. Now, again, I'm not going to say that Punk was totally right or totally wrong. He made some valid points last year in that press conference. Shouldn't have made them publicly, but they were valid points. Yeah. And if I if we're being real, fucking for real here, Punk's biggest drawback is that he does not properly do business in an overall business sense. He understands the wrestling business and it's nice that you have opinions and you're willing to state them, but there is a time and a place for everything. And bashing the fuck out of the company that you work for while you still work for them and just won their top title will always be fucking stupid. Especially when you're sitting right next to your boss. And I will again state that you would never have done that to Vince McMahon. You would never have done that shit to Triple H or to Stephanie McMahon. Ever. You could talk whatever shit you want, but I guarantee you, if y'all doing a medium scrum and you were in WWE with Vince McMahon and you said you were surrounded by children and you hate his doofus son-in-law and his stupid-ass daughter and you said that out of character in a press conference, this man would probably have beat the fuck out of you right then or at least tried. He would have handled you. At the he very least, the fuck he, 
at the very least, he would have cut your damn mic off and told you get the fuck off my stage. I'm gonna deal with you when I get backstage. And then when you got backstage, she'd have fired your ass on the spot. Cool. You did that shit because Tony is such a pussy. Let's be fucking for real fucking with that. Yes, you were free. You might have been free to speak your mind to Vince, which most people do. The ones with any balls. But they so yes, you had meetings with Vince, and you and you spoke your mind, but you do that shit privately. You would never have done that in WWE publicly. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that rumor you getting in trouble because you backtalked management. When you were world heavyweight champion because they wanted you to switch up your style or dress a little bit cleaner, let's not forget that you immediately lost the world heavyweight title because you pissed off the Undertaker. Let's let's not forget this is not new shit with Punk for real. You put your fucking foot in your mouth all the time. The difference is in AEW you had nobody that was more of a veteran that gave a fuck to put you in your place because Sting's not going to do it. Sting doesn't Sting's do the political not. shit. He's too got he's too damn nice for his own good. So we know Sting's not gonna do it. Clearly Jeff Jarrett wasn't involved or he would have. Uh let's see. Who else is there Orin that's a veteran? Orn, yeah, but what the fuck is Orn doing these days? So he probably wasn't around enough to give a shit. We ain't seen the motherfucking big show Paul White in ages. Mark Henry. Mark Henry. I guess he does commentary every so often, but while oh Mark God. would be likely to have put you in your pace, there you go. He was on Rampage, not on Collision, so he didn't have the opportunity to do what he would have done before and told you, shut the fuck up. Because there's a time and a place for these things. And wrong is wrong. So you've been doing some wrong shit. Whether the shit you said was right or not, you chose the wrong time to do it. If you had a problem with the buckaroos, you addressed that with Tony behind the scenes. We should never have heard about that. Nah. Like that whole, let, I, and, and, I think that whole pipe bomb thing, that, I think that whole pipe bomb thing from 2011 went to his head. Pretty much. And, and if that and the thing with the press conference is, if you had discussed beforehand that you were saying it and you were setting up an angle, nobody would have gave a shit. It would have been hot. It would have been a good angle, considering. But it wasn't an angle. It wasn't a work. You said what you legitimately think to legitimate press, and, and nothing came of it other than you smacking the shit out of the box and then getting suspended. While you were injured. Now, here we are. A year later, and you've been later. terminated. No job. I mean, you got your money, but but you ain't got no job because you didn't threaten he, to smack the shit out the balls. And again, something you never would have done with Vince, whether you could have whooped Vince's old ass or not. You pr- and you might have still a good chance of doing so at this late date. Vince's old. Yeah. But you never would have tried it. You never would have tried this shit with Hunter despite your beef with him. Because Hunter probably would have, A, could have fucked you up. Training or not, because he wasn't going to MMA fight you. He was going to beat the fuck out of you. Straight up. B, 
he's the executive now, and you still wouldn't have came to him that way because at the end of the day, when you were in WWE, you understood a couple of things before you left. They were your fucking boss, and you were supposed to do what you were fucking told. Now, that kind of reflects badly on Tony if we're being fucking for real. Because the buck's supposed to stop with Tony, which is what Tony always fucking says. And, you like, know, I listened to the, I watched the video today of Tony explaining the situation, like explaining, explaining. And you come across so damn meek and mild. And I understand not everybody's going to have that overbearing presence of a Vince McMahon or a Bill Watts or a Dusty Rose or a Jerry Jarrett or the Von Erich's daddy. But God, Prince Von Erich. Thank you, because I couldn't remember his first name to save my life. Or or Sam Muchnick or who was the queer one? Whatever. You get my point. I get Everyone's not going to have the presence of the bookers of old, the promoters of old. Okay, but you still should have enough presence that they at least understand. Bitch, if you, even if you talk like Michael Jackson, you should have enough respect coming from the roster that you can whisper, sing shit, and they still know to shut the hell up. Like, bitch, I signed your, bitch I'm the one that signed your check. And at there the end like of the day, certain level of fucking respect you're gonna have. I'm sorry, but I was gonna say at the end of the day, there is a certain level of fucking respect you will have for me. One, I'm your boss. Two, you will not get your motherfucking ass up on up on stage at a fucking media scrum with cameras rolling and shoot. And it not be a work. And you are and not three, gonna your company drama. In addition to that, like it's CM Punk, you knew you were on your last leg in wrestling because you are. Literally. Like, yeah, you know, with WWE, because of Fox, they let you come in and do that show. But your talks with the idea of getting any kind of forgiveness to actually wrestle over there clearly didn't fucking go anywhere prior to the pandemic. Clearly. At some point, and he let it go. He let it go at some point if he came back to WWE backstage. Yeah, and, and yeah. My, my other thing is, and like we pointed out yesterday, you have heat with several of the top stars in that you have nuclear level heat with them. Apparently. Facts. You pro- while Triple H might be willing to forgive and forget, maybe Vince hasn't reached that point yet. Maybe Nick Khan, who also has a hand in this, thinks that you're too much of a cancer to fucking deal with. We all knew that basically if you didn't make this shit work in AEW, then you were pretty much going to be done with wrestling. Now, I might have to eat my words later, but I highly doubt that he's going to end up back in WWE. So, and nowhere else, as I pointed out yesterday, can pay Punk the price tag that he comes with. The only two companies that have the, the backing and the funds to pay you don't fucking want you at this point. Wow. They not fuck they're not fucking with him. And he burnt and he burned that bridge. Apparently, uh when I mean, he was running up I mean allegedly when he was running up on Tony Khan, he was like, I quit, I quit, and all this I quit, I quit. What you quitting for now? 
What you quitting for now? You've been practically getting your fucking way. Like, what more could you have wanted? And what makes this worse is you got the win over Joe. Yeah. And at that point, the altercation had already occurred. And Tony Khan didn't have the balls to know what he was going to do right then and there. So he didn't have the balls to change the outcome of that match to benefit the star that's going to remain with him. Because realistically, he should have changed the damn ending. He should have said, you know what? By the way, y'all can do everything else that y'all had planned in that match, but I need Joe to go over. So what Vince would have done. So what Triple H would have done. We'll throw Shawn Michaels in there because he the one booking NXT right now. That's what they would have done over there. They would have been like, okay, by the way, the ending is done. It is flipped. I need I need Joe to go over because you pissed me off. We'll talk when you get back. And that would have been all it was. That's how that should have gone. But now you let Punk, you know, he gets to go out on another win. Two. The business model over there is the drizzling shits. Horrible. And nobody and nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it simply because Tony Khan is not Vince McMahon. Because Tony because Uncle Tony can do no wrong. Uncle Tony need Uncle Tony need to let his balls drop. Honestly, he does. Like we like, are we are at that point of dude. How many different things can go wrong? That overshadow the things that go right before you figure out you cannot be their friend while you are simultaneously their boss if you can't separate the two. Because let's be fucking for real. Vince McMahon has personal relationships with several of his top stars. Austin, Taker, obviously Triple H, Sean, Brett, so on and so forth. He had those relationships, but business was business. And if, if right. you were going to take business personally, well, Vince, you have to understand when you develop that relationship with, with Vince, he was going to do business first. Before anything. Because it Before was all about that bottom else. line. It's all about that fucking Precisely. bottom line, man. If you're not, breaking, of, you're not breaking money your eyes, it's all about breaking money your eyes to the company. Exactly. And growing the company. And again, I'm going to point this out. Tony Khan's daddy is a billionaire. We get that. But your company is not fully in the black. By all reports, yes, you made a profit off Wembley, obviously. But your company's overall numbers have not gone completely in the black. Because y'all lose money when y'all do house shows. Last report I saw. So... Y'all still have a lot of growing to do. You have to have a business sense. I would rather your daddy run his damn company at this point because clearly he's smarter than you, but he did not pass on none of his damn business smarts to your dumb ass. Talking about how his daddy took him to all these wrestling shows. That's adorable. I would definitely let Shaquille, I would rather Shaheed Khan run this motherfucker. Because and at this point, I'm gonna say this: you, he repeatedly said he was a fan of Mid South Wrestling. You have no idea what the fuck Mid South Wrestling stood for, both on the product and behind the scenes. 
This shit that you have going on in your company would have never gone on under Bill Watts at all. None. Punk never. would never have had the balls under Bill Watts to go out there and shoot on his legitimate feelings on talent that he ain't beefing with on screen. Because if he did, when he got backstage, aside from Bill Watts probably smacking the fuck out of him and firing him, if he chose not to fire him because he was one of the top stars, he was going to immediately put them in a program together. And if they had a problem where they felt like they couldn't work, we all know Bill Watts' rule. Y'all go out there, you have the damn fight. Y'all have the for real fucking fight backstage. Get it out of your system and then go out there and use it to draw me some money. The same philosophy, honestly, that Vince generally has. Minus the beat the fuck out of each other part. Nowadays. Because he used to not give a shit. Nowadays is use that shit to make me some money. Because I just... Oh, Vince is always, remember, he's always I, had that mentality because that's his daddy had that mentality. That's an old school yeah. promoter mentality. And he's done that on several occasions. He's even done it recently. We all know Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins legitimately don't like each other. What did they do? Go out there and make me some damn money. Talk some shit. Talk some real shit about why y'all don't like each other and then go make me some money. Get it out of your system. Don't say. I and we can go like slightly just a little further back, like about the uh, last almost 20 years. Like Matt Hardy and Edge. So told them, do what you gotta do. Make me some money. But I distinctly and remember let, Vince, uh, Vince telling Edge and Matt. But don't y'all take no liberties or I'll make sure y'all never work in this industry again. And let's also not forget a bigger money program than that one. Rock and Cena. They had yeah. legit heat all during oh, their yeah. program. And Vince made money. He made two WrestleMania headlines off that shit. They made him fucking money. If you don't know how to do it that way, you probably shouldn't be allowing them to do the shit that they do. And it is, and and let's be for real. I realize that a lot of the reason that y'all don't let people just go out and beat the hell out of each other is lawsuits. I get that. Yeah. But it's it's not, you know, suitable for you to say, Ayo, I can threaten to fire them all I want to, but at some point, somebody gonna punch your bitch ass in the mouth. Shut the hell up. To the bucks. Ugh. You, They long since should have been told, hey, uh, all this shit you talk, all these liberties that you take, please understand that I can't be around 24-7 no matter how dominant of a boss I am and prevent the people that you're pissing off from putting hands on you. And it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen again. They gonna piss somebody off. And there are several people within that company that they don't want to fuck with. FTR. I wouldn't fuck with Andrade either. None. And it doesn't seem like he's particularly, you know, favorable towards them. I wouldn't fuck with so, Joe. I definitely wouldn't fuck with Joe. He may be professional, but that does not mean that he won't smack the shit out of you if, if the move comes over him. Joe one of the Joe one of the motherfuckers where if he say I'm gonna beat your ass, yeah, you better shut the fuck up and keep it pushed. And we've heard some stories about Joe having to be restrained from ripping certain people's heads off that are roughly the same size as the bus. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's funny. I'm just point. I'm just pointing it out. Like I, I've heard the story of J Samoa Joe wanting to beat the fuck out of uh, Teddy Hart in ROH several times for several different people. Ooh. Damn. The only person to sort of put Joe in his place one time was Kevin Ash. I, I would admit and Kevin had reason. But ain't nobody else gonna come and smack the fuck out of Joe. And get away with it. And certainly not the fucking Cucamongas. So, I don't know. My, my thing with all this is, it's a lot of rumor in any window here. And like I said to one of our mutual associates, um, I want to see how long it takes Punk to start talking. I want to see when stuff starts really coming out because we're not going to get anything clear and concise from Tony Khan. We're not going to get anything other than the bullshit-ass statement that he put out talking about he was in fear for his damn life. The fuck? Okay? But we know Punk going to start talking. Now, that's not to say that I'm 100% believe anything that Punk has to say because he's not going to let himself look like the asshole that he is. Oh, hell no. He's going to do what everybody does and he's going to try to babyface himself. However, that don't mean he ain't gonna drop some truth in the process. That don't mean he not gonna bury the absolute fuck out of all of the business practices of AEW, and I'm ready to hear it. I wanna hear this shit. And let's be for real. Um, the rumor floating around is already it's 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 the rumbling going on that Punk finna start talking somewhere, which must mean that when you fired him, you didn't put him under an NDA. No. Allegedly, he is slated to appear on somebody's podcast. I don't, I don't know who, but that's the rumor going I around. Heard, I hadn't heard a confirmation on him actually appearing on the podcast. I was just, I saw the rumors basically saying that his camp is stating that he's getting ready to talk somewhere. Nah, now, nah, I don't know which podcast he could appear on. Well, the problem with that rumor and where it has no basis is whose podcast would he has the numbers that would make it worthwhile to appear on that he's in contact with and will be able to bring him on. In addition to that, who ha not only has the numbers, but has the legal team behind them just in case a lawsuit comes their way. Because realistically, if you host him on there and Punk starts saying some inflammatory shit, they're going to sue both him and the podcast that hosts him. So the question becomes, who the fuck wants to take that on? And who has the backing and the willpower to take that on? And the connection with Punk for him to be willing to go on their show to do it. Can't My be anybody that's associated with... Can't be anybody associated with WWE. So clearly, Conrad wouldn't be able to touch this. Because he has too many people associated with WWE and... and what he doesn't want is his cash cows to be taken away from him because at any moment, Vince can come in and say, hey, oh, Bruce, stop doing your show with him. Uh, we can host one on the network for you, but you and Conrad ain't going to work because he getting, he getting us in legal trouble. He got time for shit. No, no messy shit. Can't put on Booker T. Can't put on Booker T shit. But, nah, 
Busted Open Radio might be stretching it. Because too many of them are already associated with AEW. Looking at specifically Mark Henry. So, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, hell, at this point, you know, Punk could just say fucking start his own damn podcast. Bitch, okay. He could do that. He got the, I mean, he got the money. So he could afford the fucking illegal team. He has the money. He has the following. So, you We'll, we'll see where they go with this, but I guess now that we've addressed all of this shit and the current rumors, get to reviewing this stupid-ass show. Oh, God. Okay, so the first match was for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. The fucking Dork Order. Uh, representing the fucking Dork Order were Alex Reynolds and Little midget ass John Silvers against Better Than You, baby. Ugh. That Adam Cole and MJF. I knew who it <sighs> was, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so on, on commentary was Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGinnis, and award winning announcer Sockface. Jesus fucking Christ. Sockface is actually the lead announcer. But okay, okay. First of all, who the f- what? I did not realize that you could get a double clo- a simple double clothesline over. Like, seriously, I did not know that a double clothesline could be used as a fucking finisher. This whole this whole thing with MJF and Adam Cole, MJF, you're already the world champion. Let me go ahead and say this about MJF. I hate his world title run. I love me some MJF. But he has defended his world title a grand total of three times. Three times to my knowledge. Once again, once against Ricky Starks. And I'll get to Ricky Starks uh, later. Once against Ricky Starks, that fatal four-way at double or nothing, and all in against Adam Cole, where MJF ended up selling his neck injury from catching a tombstone from Adam Cole. And apparently the Dork Order are healed. We're, heels, we're working heel in, heels in this match. MJF sold the neck injury so good, they took him to the back. Adam Cole wrestled most of the match by himself. Fat Uno got involved. There were constant double teams. Uh, MJF eventually returns to the... Um, MJF eventually returned to the match. Got a hot tag, clear, cleaned house. And yes, this double clothesline shit is a finisher. And they won with it. And, of course, because it's fucking AEW, they have to have fucking afterbirth. So Samoa Joe makes his entrance to the match, walks past MJF. I I wasn't really paying attention to what set off MJF, but MJF tried to get in the ring to jump Joe and got Samoa choked Joe the fuck bumped out. Him. Oh, Samoa Joe bumped him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I figured. <coughs> yeah, Joe so, bumped I'm him. Like, I, 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 I'm going to comment on, on this because 
My problem is still, and I know y'all AEW people is going to tout that fucking 80,000 number at me. Well, you know, in, in WWE, it, Adam Cole wasn't, you know, performing in front of 80,000 people. No, because he was in NXT. But you know what he was, what he was doing in NXT? He was one of the longer reigning world champions. You know what else he was doing? Being over. And not look like a fucking goof the whole time. The problem with this storyline, it's nice to try something different once in a while. That's cute. That's fucking adorable. This doesn't work. The problem here is that you have MJF, who was pretty much the most over person that y'all have in the company other than CM Punk right now. But you have no one for him to work with. I I, I said other than Punk. Yeah. Okay, bitch. Damn. All right. So you have him, and it was the right move to put the world title on him and all that shit. Great. But you have no one for him to work with. You have no one with the power to draw alongside him because let's be fucking real. All In was not sold out because of MJF. Honestly, it wasn't sold out because of anybody on your roster. It was legitimately sold out because England is so goddamn starved for national wrestling. Being fucking for real. Like, nobody can really say, oh, well, I saw, you didn't sell out shit. The English fans were starved for wrestling. Because the last thing they got was Clash at the Castle, and it wasn't at Wembley. And Actually, that was in Wales. Actually, Clash at the Castle was in Wales. That's my fucking point. They did it in Wales, not fucking Wembley. Yeah. And, of course... They're, you know, they want they want a big event, so they wanted a big event, so they made your event big because Vince has refused to give them a WrestleMania. Wonder how much Why? longer that's going to last. Is all I'm going to say on that one. But why does Vince refuse to take SummerSlam to the UK? I mean WrestleMania. Shit, I got my shows confused. I don't give a shit. I'm, that's not the fucking point here. The point was basically okay. MJF has no one to actually draw with him because you have no one that is a credible threat to him, especially now that Punk is gone. Who else in that company do you see that has the star power now or building enough now to take that belt off MJF? Fucking nobody. The problem with nobody having the star power to be believable to do that is that it makes MJF boring. Definitely. Nobody thought when y'all did the f- fucking four pillars match, no one thought that any of them were winning. If anybody thought that Adam Cole was beating MJF, uh, I got some fucking real estate uh, beachfront property in goddamn uh, motherfucking Nevada to sell to you, idiot. <laughs> now, the, the program with Joe, could that help him? Absolutely. Would I be okay with Joe taking the belt off him? Also, absolutely. It'd be something different, and Joe deserves a world title run from somewhere other than TNA or ROH. Thanks. But this, this and this random teaming of them is so stupid. This whole best I've never had a friend before. I've never had a friend before bullshit. I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Given that it's MJF. And like Courtney said, this can build to something big or something fucking retarded. 
And it's probably going to build to the latter because AEW doesn't know how to actually capitalize off of, you know, smart shit. So... Now, and speaking of Ricky Starks, that would be a name that you should be building to eventually get there because he has the look, he has the promo ability, he has the in-ring ability, and he doesn't do completely stupid shit. And he had all that up until they paired him with Jericho. And he's, I mean, he's getting some of it back now that he's away from Jericho. When the hell did they pair Ricky Starks with Jericho? Ricky Starks wasn't paired with Jericho. That was Sammy Guevara. No, not, no. For a program, Ricky Starks feuding with Jericho. They Oh, who the fuck cares? Jericho is a black hole of charisma and ability to get over at this point. Literally. Literally. If you get over, Jericho going to suck it out. Pretty much. And that's another problem because y'all, and I love how y'all AEW fanboys and fangirls love to criticize WWE for using part-timers. So y'all were so critical of Brock, of Goldberg, of Taker when he was still doing shit. I'm looking at a, how old is Sting now? 64? 64, literally. 64-year-old Sting over there taking up Spots taking up significant TV, taking up significant TV time and holding Darby Allen back. And I know y'all's justification would be, well, Sting is still over. You know, my problem with it, Sting is undefeated in AEW at 64 almost, years old, almost three years in the company, ain't lost the match yet. I I said before and I'll say again, AEW is just TNA with a bigger budget. Mm -hmm. And without without Vince Russo at at the helm behind creative, but shit, he might as well be because some of the shit's so goddamn stupid. So ridiculous. I don't, this thing with Adam Cole and MJF and also for the love of God, Adam Cole hit the gym. God, he looks so much smaller than he was in WWE. And that was highlighted when he had that lights out match with pockets. Well, wow, y'all made y'all made the choices that y'all made, and now y'all over here, and I hate it. And I'm just like, okay. And then want to go play with your friends, Tony? Why are we still blending ROH and AEW? But you told us that they were supposed to be two separate things. Yeah, we're seeing ROH titles being defended on AEW shows. We got ROH champions appearing on AEW pay-per-views. But you do still have separate ROH pay-per-views. So it makes no fucking sense that you were... Pick what the fuck you're going to do. Either you're going to separate ROH is still going to be its own company... And all the people in ROH just do their ROH shit and then AEW does this AEW shit. Or you're going to blend them to fucking together and ROH is just literally your second roster, your second brand. But stop crossing them over because, like, even do a brand separation or don't. Stop half-assing it. The same shit that I criticize WWE for, I'm going to criticize you for. Stop half-assing your fucking brand separation. Either separate them fully or don't separate them at all. 
Pick and one. at this Pick point, you do not have enough equity built up to have two world titles. If you're not, if you're going to have the every all this crossover, because realistically, I hate to point this out to you, but the ROH world title should technically be considered more prestigious because it has more history than yours, and has been held by more top talent than your AEW world title has. CM Punk was ROH champion long before he was AEW champion. Mm-hmm. Brian Danielson was ROH champion. Samoa Joe was ROH champion. I can go down the motherfucking list, but you get the point. Claudio Castagnoli before held the title before this current run, and his run is. Ring of I, don't remember, I don't remember him as a. I don't remember him as a tag guy. Hmm. As far as I knew, Claudio only ever held the the ROH tag titles with Chris Hero. I don't remember him being the world champion. Either way, like, pick pick a fucking side here. Pick pick what you're gonna do and stick with it. Stop being so flip floppy and shit. Pick a pick a struggle. The only other thing I'll say is, I mean. At, under no circumstances should MJF ever lose to anyone in the Dark Order, so I guess yeah, call the right team won. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the right team the right team won because also, why are the Dark Orders still together? Uh, look. And I know a lot of y'all are real big John Huber, Brody Lee fans or whatever the fuck. Um, them, they weren't damn. good. They, they they weren't good even when he was with them because that 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 whole fucking group sucked. Just being fucking for real, I I don't like glossing over history. Bad shit is bad shit, and unfortunately, Brody Lee being with the Dark Order never made any fucking sense. It was fucking horrible. So if y'all are doing this because y'all feel like you need to do it, keep them together to honor his memory, stop. Please, please stop. It's and not drawing not- you any fucking money. No one is getting over by being associated with or competing against or beating them. You are not doing anybody any favors. But anyway, back to Claudio. Claudio is in his second reign. Yeah. His second reign yeah. under Tony. He never had an ROH. He wasn't a singles guy in ROH in the original ROH. When he was originally there, he was a tag guy. Heroes of Wrestling. That was his thing. His two world reigns have been since he's been with AEW. And honestly, that comes across as a bit of a consolation prize. Because he ain't going to be... He ain't going to be the AEW world champion. The Ring of Honor world title feels like a good enough belt. Sadly. Based on how they book it, yeah. Yeah. So, what the hell is the next match? Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. Who the fuck is Shane Taylor? Hey, sock face. (laughs) Exactly, but hey, sock face. Yeah, you, the dipshit in the stupid mask with the dreads, Mr. Award-winning lead, Mr. Award-winning announcer, in Dave Meltzer's publication. How about you sell me on these wrestlers? How about getting me to give a 
fuck about these people because apparently the Shane Taylor guy was supposed to be the baby face, uh, had a boxing background, and the match, uh, it's a match between two big men, which was a brawl, and ultimately, Samoa, ultimately Samoa Joe retained with the Coquina Clutch. And this is for the ROH TV title, right? Okay, I'm going to address my problems with that. I don't give two shits about the match. Why is Samoa Joe still TV champion and not a world champion? And also, Tony, if you're going to run him into a program with MJF, I hate mid-card champion versus world champion views. Because we all know the world champion is going to win. No, no, no. You. That's not my problem. Oh, Oh, you, well, can, you can pull that off. Title. Here, you're holding up the mid-card title that has to be defended every show. And you have no one to get the damn belt off, Joe. Has there even been anyone built up to beat Joe for that damn title? No. No, although he's had it like twice now since he's been there. Yeah. Samoa Joe, at this point, he only got a few good years left, I think, as far as being able to regularly wrestle full-time because, let's be for real, the reason that he kind of flopped in WWE was when he started getting injured and not being able to recover so much. He's getting older. So you have a limited shelf life to make use of him. He should probably be in contention for the AEW world title since that is your main belt. Exactly. Putting him in ROH, if you're not going to have him as the ROH world champion and give him one final run with that one, like he needs to be holding one of the two world titles. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Joe belongs Not the television five. title. So, and then you have... It's just boring. It's boring the fuck out of me. The idea of it's boring me. And it's like... There's so much opportunity there and so much that you can do with Joe because of how good he is in ring, how good he can talk, and how good he presents... How well he presents himself even outside of things if you need, you know, the face of a company or whatever. So... Although Grant's hit some of the shit that he does, y'all can't exactly hype because... It's affiliated with WWE, but whatever. Yeah. All I'm saying is there are better uses for Samoa Joe than being stuck in the mid-card on what is essentially your fucking developmental program because what the hell else is it? I know you said, Tony, that it's not developmental, and I'm looking at the roster, and yes, the fuck it is. Bunch of no-names. And it's not like with NXT where you have veteran talent coming down to NXT right now that weren't doing anything on the main roster that really needed a, you know, to rehab themselves. You know, like Baron Corbin, because the fuck was he doing on the main roster, right? Mustafa Mm -hmm. Ali has been there how many years and they won a single fucking belt ever. (laughs) You know, him being down at NXT... A, because they're they're still experienced workers. They have the main roster experience. They have WrestleMania experience, but they needed to revamp their characters. Okay, in that case, it makes sense to send people down to what is essentially your developmental. But when you have Samoa Joe, his gimmick has been the same pretty much his entire fucking career. 20 years. 
so uh, why why is he basically in developmental hell? Probably because he not want to he not want to Uncle Tony's favorites. Well, if he not one of your favorites, what the fuck did you sign him for? You could have let he could have you know found his way back to WWE because look look what's happening over there now. He could definitely be over there getting a far better push. Because under Triple H, I guarantee you, he would be going either at Seth or Roman right the fuck now. Oh, yeah. With built-in stories with both. He has history dating all the way back to ROH with Seth. He has history with Roman and that Roman only ever managed to fucking beat him in WWE one goddamn time. Boom. Stories. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing with talent, and you have this overbloated ass roster because your roster right. is just as, if no. not more, bloated than WWE. More. Let, let him go. You do not have to be the nice guy. Oh, I don't want to fire anybody. Fuck you. Fuck you. Half you your damn roster should have been fired after. Half your roster should have been fired the first time that they stepped in the ring. You realized that they were the drizzling shits. Starting with your EVPs and going on down. Even if I ignore the EVPs because they help give you the idea to start this raging shit show. <laughs> like you know, most of, your... most of your roster should have been fired. Most of your roster is not ready for TV. The entirety of the Dark Order should not have jobs. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck who they were friends with. I don't give a fuck how much y'all liked him. They shouldn't have jobs. They suck. All of them. They're boring. In fact, one of the mother one of the motherfuckers main evented a rampage at one point. They shouldn't even be main eventing main event and rampage. Who the fuck? Like I reviewed a match between Mid- I reviewed a whole midget fight main event between John Silver and Rush. And I'm just like, who the Fuck ass for this match was my entire line of thought. But that was the Ring of Honor World Television title match. The next match was for the TNT title. Is Darby oh, Allen right. the, the other TV title? Yeah. It's God, Darby Allen. <laughs> Challenging Dino Douche. Luchasaurus. Oh, gee, wonder, wonder who won this bullshit. Dino Douche. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Chris and Christian walking around like he the damn champion. He holds the belt. He holds the belt. Interestingly uh, so enough, did you realize that uh, Dino Douche actually did, in fact, have a WWE developmental deal all the way back when NXT was a game show? What? Was he that? Apparently, oh, I get, apparently he was part of, I think I saw somewhere, he was actually the class of FCW that came in, you know, that, that Bray Wyatt was in, Dino Douche was in it too. So he actually apparently worked with Bray down there in the FCW NXT bullshit. Oh god, was he as bad? Was he bad then? 
I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't see the shit. But he's the drizzling shits now. I find I would find it hard to believe that he just got subjectively worse. Yeah. So commentary switch from from Nigel McGinnis, Kevin Kelly, and Sockface to Nigel McGinnis, Jr. and Sockface. Hang on. So I'm deciding to. So I'm deciding to read, to play all messages toward the end of the show. And later on. Uh, that's that's, that's going to get confusing. Because then we have to backtrack right. on what we said and they're responding to. And let's just figure right. out if we're... It, yeah, let, let's yeah. play now. Let's, let's, let's deal with it as it goes along. Hey, Reisman, Reisman. Hey, Adman to the thing, bro. You got... Huh? I don't know. I think he's. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I did not understand. Okay. Continue. Just continue. <laughs> okay. We'll continue. Okay. So, Dino. So, Darby Allen got color in this match, and the match went to the outside as soon as it started. Dino, I'm getting I'm getting disappointed in Christian. Dino douche, so Dino douche flips the damn steel stirs on Darby Allen, and literally walks on them while they're on Darby. At some point in the match, uh, Dino douche was getting ready to flip. You know, oh my god, this this match. You know what? I don't even know who was leading this match. It's because nobody was. It was uh, it's, based on who they are, this is I, we just both need to get our shit in. Yeah. Darby Allen is going to have a very, very short career if he don't, don't slow the fuck down. I get that he's a former fucking skateboarder. And love all that action sports shit, but can you like not try to kill? It's like, sir, can you not try to kill yourself? So he's selling, he's selling a back injury from the fucking coffee match at All In, and the back. Oh yeah, but yes, Dino Douche ended up winning after two Tombstone pile drivers throwing Darby head first into the turnbuckle and a lariat to the back of the head. Gotta love it. And because it, and once okay, sorry. And before and because it's AEW, there's afterbirth. There's afterbirth. So the so the the Nick Wayne kid. So the Nick Wayne kid gets forced to watch at to watch as Christian gets ready to fucking Concerto Darby Allen, but uh, some random motherfuckers in the locker room came out, saved Darby, ran Christian and Dino Douche off. Okay, random, why? Random fucking because it's random fucking afterbirth. Because it's AEW and they can't get out their own damn way. That's why. God, I hate this fucking show. I hate this program i hate every fucking thing that i ever watched from this place god damn it i hate this shit 
So problems. Problems based on the description of this. Hey, dumbass, Dino Douche, you fucking idiot. A tombstone pile driver has been one of the most iconic finishers since 1990. Possibly longer than your dumb ass has been alive, but I really don't know how old you are, and I don't give a shit enough to go find out. <laughs> Fortunately for you, if you cannot end a match, if you're going to use, eight. oh, lovely. So you were five when it became as iconic, and it's not even who invented it because Andre the Giant actually was using it back in the fucking seventies. Did you tell me that they ended this match on a clothesline? A lariat? On a, a lariat to the back of the head after two tombstones and Dino Douche literally throwing Darby head first into Get a turnbuckle. fuck off my screen. And this is who Jack Perry goes to for advice, you fucking moron. Here's yes. a thought, dipshit. Either you use the tombstone to end the match or you never use that move again. It is a pile driver. I am so sick of this generation of wrestlers stealing from the older generation, using iconic moves for absolutely nothing because you never win a match with it. A pile driver, because it can legitimately break a motherfucking neck if you fuck it up, should always be a finish. Bruh, on the should not be a, it should not be a close call. You should not be hitting two in a row and then ending it with a lariat to the back of the head. Hey, dumbass, I can survive the lariat to the back of my head easier than I can. Yo, dumb, retarded, dipshit, clumsy fucking ass dropping me on my fucking head from a tombstone dip, dumbass. Stop. <clears throat> I hate this goddamn company. I hate, I hate watching shit. I hate talk. I hate this shit. Don't get me twisted because before anybody comes in, well, shut up. We're reviewing AEW. <laughs> I don't want to hear about WWE. First off. Secondly, I just called out WWE for a whole bunch of dumb shit yesterday. Motherfuckers, scroll down my feet. Okay? I hate this goddamn company because it is so filled with dumb shit. And Christian, you're involved with this and you didn't think as a veteran that you should have maybe said, hey, dumbass, maybe don't do the tombstone. That's not a spot that should be a finish or not used at all. <laughs> Bruh, the second tombstone... Bro, the second tombstone, I swear, it literally looked like he did not tuck Darby's head in. Because he probably didn't. Because he's he a didn't. dumbass. He didn't. Like, I, mm. man, I had to look at it close. I'm like, bro, Darby looked like he was limp after that first tombstone. And then the second one, when he dropped him, he looked like he dropped. He actually dropped him on his head. But yeah, lovely. And then who were the random motherfuckers? Did we rec did were any of them recognizable? Nope. Why Not is the locker room emptying out? To except for uh, Sean. Spurs. Why? God damn! Know. You just have nothing better to. So, hey, whoever the hell booked this shit, Tony. Why do we need an afterbirth in this one? Why is the locker room running out to save Darby? They didn't run out to save MJF when Samoa Joe was about to choke him the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Don't give me that heel babyface shit because clearly MJF is supposed to be playing at being a babyface right now. So, 
that makes sense. Where's Sting? Exactly. Where, are you running out? Of, are, 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 are you running out of dates on Gramps? <laughs> Is Gramps ready to go sit his old ass down? Like, my favorite, my favorite wrestler of all time, ladies and gentlemen, who I'm fucking sick of. All I'm saying <laughs> is at least when I was still watching The Undertaker come back for his one or two matches a year, he didn't do dumb shit. Like dive off balconies. He, he ain't diving off nobody's fucking balcony at this point. Like, And yes, Taker is taking a couple of risque dives looking at when Ken Anderson threw him off the motherfucking Titantron thing or whatever. Or when Big Show chokes him off the stage or when Big Show chokes him. Yeah, he's done those. But they're few and far between, and like he was getting thrown, he wasn't diving off, so it looked less stupid. Like random, and he ain't shit. doing that at this late day and age. Like the the worst bump that he took in matches that he's had in the past several years was the table spot with Roman. Mm-hmm. Those were that was probably the most quote unquote dangerous spot that he took. In the last few years of him wrestling, and y'all rolled the hell out of him by, oh, it's time for him to hang it up. Okay, well, he hung it the fuck up, and he looked better, at least less stupid, than what Sting looks like. Not sorry. Bruh. But Sting looks so, so good. He's at, and he's in his 60s. Okay, that's more reason for Sting to hang it the fuck up. God. Yeah, because um, I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm not at a point where I want to see 64 year old Sting in the ring at all. Any more than you want to see 73, 74 year old Ric Flair. Pretty fucking precisely. So, but you know what? Whatever. Let's get on with the next match because God, this show is just pissing me off. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro. Did yeah, you that's know that happened. Yeah. Did you know that Powerhouse Hobbs, except for one, has won 12 out of his last 13 matches in 2023? Well, singles matches. I don't give a French fry titty fuck. Yeah, I know you don't. Uh, I, <laughs> I was just about to ask, do you know how little of a fuck I get? I give so little of a fuck y'all owe me fucks to get. <laughs> you have negative fucks. Negative fucks. Y'all owe me fucks to get me to the zero fucks that I normally give about this shit. <laughs> A lot of no selling. I mean, another match between two powerhouses. Hey, try to knock me down. You know, and you try to knock me down. Knock me down with this clothesline. Like, okay, so the match started with, hey... Hey, yes, I'm, I'm talking to this young generation of wrestlers. It's perfectly fine to start a match with a lockup. Swear to God. And then, and then the match dropped off. And then the match dropped off after that because they buried the fuck out of referee Aubrey Edwards. They outside the ring for two. Go ahead. To be fair, the bitch buries herself. 
They in outside general. The, so. Well, they were outside the ring for too long. She stopped. Bro, she, she literally stopped the 10 count at four. Literally. I mean, again, I mean, that that's a management issue because Vince's rule is always you fucking Pretty count strange. like it's a shoot. And if that would count, if they ain't got their dumb ass in the ring by 10, ring the bell. And if that wasn't a plan ending, we'll deal with it. When they get backstage, you get cussed out. You get dealt with this match. This match was too this match was too long for my liking. Powerhouse Hobbs does not need to be wrestling 15 minute matches. Oh my god, the meat chance. The meat for there were meat forever chance. Meat chance. Why? What the fuck is this? <laughs> uh stupidity. That's what it is. Utter That's fucking stupidity. Yeah. Miro wins with the game. Miro wins with the game over, which I, which we all knew is the accolade if you give a fuck. Don't. <laughs> I, I, I know I don't because I didn't know he called it anything different. Yeah, it's called the game over. Yeah, the accolade is called the game over now. So, yeah. so, th- so they shake hands and then once Miro turns his back, Hobbs sneaks him. Stores and stores beating the hell out of him, and guess who shows up? And guess who shows up? CJ. Who we all know as Lana. Yep, CJ motherfucking Perry tried to make the save with the chair that distracted Hobbs long enough for Miro to smash him, to smash his motherfucking ass, run him off, and then Miro just walks off, walks off, and leaves her in the ring. You know what? You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say this because now it's funny. When they inevitably try to have her wrestle, congratulations, y'all finally found a worse wrestler than Randy Rhodes. <laughs> I said it, and I don't give a fuck. Say it again. I'm just saying, as Lana, she was never remotely a decent wrestler, and I guarantee you, she hasn't improved. She's apparently a very nice person. That's wonderful. And if you keep her in the role of valet and never do anything beyond what's expected to be a valet match, I wouldn't probably care. But how long before y'all put a legitimate wrestler in there with her and in, in some way try to get her them to get a decent match, whether it's a mixed tag or whatever, out of her? Ah, the fuckery. The fuckery ensues. Train wreck. It's going to be a motherfucking train wreck. And I'm here for it. Because I just want to laugh at all the AEW fanboys that try to defend it. Because they will. Because Uncle Tony can do no wrong. Since I don't inherently have a problem with her being there if she stays in the role of valet. But once she starts yeah. wrestling, which she's going to do, I'm not her. Y'all that. are going to find out. Y'all going to find out exactly what WWE found out. Like the the only thing that she's slightly good at is if you get somebody that can just beat the hell out of her. The shit with Nia Jax was entertaining as hell. <laughs> Putting her through tables endlessly. That's hey, at least it was fucking realistic. These was fucking yeah. realistic. Like, so... The other thing I'm going to point out here is that the issue with Miro 
is that prior to coming to AEW, he had only ever worked within WWE. And the problem with that comes in that when you now have to go work with a bunch of indie-rific motherfuckers, you don't know how to work. They don't know how to work your style, and you don't really know how to work theirs. So every match that you do winds up being far less impressive than the way that you looked when you were competing in WWE when actually over. I said what it I looks, said, because motherfucker, you are not over. Yeah. It looks good on paper, and then the bell rang. Eh. Which, bring, which brings me to the next match. For the TBS title. <sighs> Chris Statlander, champion, defending against Ruby Soho with Soraya at ringside. And she ain't an alien. And I just want to remind y'all how glad I am that she is not a fucking alien anymore. Has she gotten any goddamn better in the ring? Yeah. I mean, she's less of the drizzling shits, but she's a lot better than she was when when she was in there with, like, say, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. She's not entirely... She, she ain't entirely the drizzling shits. She actually looked like she was trying to... She actually looked like she was trying to improve this time around. So, of course... So of course, uh, oh my God! And the entire the entire match, all I could think of was Soraya, shut the fuck up, because all I heard is just nonstop fucking incoherent yelling, not just at the ref and Chris Statlander, but at the fans. I know it's a he- I know it's a heel thing, but it just sounded point. It sounded pointless. Like other than her getting involved, other than her getting involved. She added Soraya added nothing for the match. I'm gonna piss some people off. I'm gonna piss some people off. Soraya doesn't add much of anything to the company. I said what I said, (laughs) and I loved her as Paige. I I was definitely, and she's still gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she she adds absolutely. Fucking lutely nothing to the company or the division, and she is their reigning women's world champion. <laughs> and I know I, I should be happy, and if you know anything that she did made sense or added value, I would be happy. But at this point, I don't feel like she's adding to her legacy by being here. And I question, and I'm still going to question, how she managed to get cleared with them, but not WWE. I question what medical shit y'all got going on in AEW that y'all keep clearing people that Vince, despite being as money-hungry as he is and loving to keep his top talent, would not clear them for. Refused. Because he didn't want this shit on, he didn't want this shit on his conscience. And let's be for real, WWE style is safer than AEW's. 
Oh, yeah. So if Vince wouldn't clear her, but Tony did, I am questioning what y'all's process is for clearing them. And I'm going to say the same thing with Sting, too. Because do y'all honestly think if if Vince could have gotten a few more matches out of Sting, he wouldn't have done so? Something on that up. Somebody cleaning the water. And Soraya's just not clicking over there the way that she did in WWE. It doesn't feel the same. And I don't know how this world title run is going to go for her. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, there was a time that I would tune in to Raw to see Paige. I loved her as the GM over on SmackDown. She was phenomenally great at that. But nothing about her run in AEW has been nearly as exciting as even her run as general manager on SmackDown. And you didn't even wrestle then. But you were good at talking, and I don't know where the fuck that got lost. But you bore me. Painfully. And Ruby and Ruby Soho bores me. And I liked her Boy. in NXT at least. And Tony Storm exceptionally bores me, but she ain't even involved in this match. Oh, she got involved in the match. She's. She's the reason Chris Statlander retained the title. Oh, lovely. I, I don't give a fuck. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't give, I don't give one iota. Of that. Y'all owe me more fucks to give. We are like negative 1,000 fucks. Y'all owe me 1,000 fucks before I get to the zero fucks that I normally don't give. <laughs> so, here's a sign that Chris Statlander is improving. She actually did not botch this avalanche power slam that she did. You know, well, that's yeah. a step above the last time I actually bothered to watch her because last time I watched her, she botched the fuck out of everything she did. <laughs> yeah. The only thing she botched was like this running knee strike. And it because it looked sloppy as fuck. But to yeah. be fair, knee strikes are kind of hard to do as a work. Yeah. Like, you got to have some precision in order to pull that off. You got to have a certain level of skill to be trusted with any kind of knee strike aimed at the face. You can get away with, like, a knee to the body. You know, knee lifts ain't that hard. But if you're doing any kind of knee aim for the head or the face, yeah, you should probably be a far better wrestler than her before you do this. Yeah. Was there an afterbirth to this match too? No, there wasn't an afterbirth, but uh Tony Stone, but how uh Chris Statlander won. So Tony Storm came out from up under the ring and took a can of spray paint away from Ruby Soho, which led to the Sunday night fever and Chris Statlander retaining the title. The match actually wasn't hor it actually was not horrible. It was passable. Mm. Lovely. What's next? Ricky Starks versus B Dan. Strap match. With Ricky Steamboat doing commentary alongside Sockface and Nigel McGinnis. 
<sighs> they just swapping out commentators. Okay, so okay, so here's my first so here's my first problem. This is uh if I remember correctly, the BBC are heels. And right now Ricky Starks is working as a heel. So why in the f so Ricky Starks challenged uh Steamboat to a damn uh strap match at all out. And Danielson comes in and decides, I'm going to wrestle on Steamboat behalf. Another problem with Ricky Starks. Other than, other than why in the fuck is he not following the instructions to this 3-6 Mafia song right now? Had a few other <laughs> instructions he could follow, actually. Like, yeah, follow the instructions yeah, I mean, to that song. Um, why is he not singing you know falsetto? He, because, baby. Bruh. But, uh, yeah, what's the original point here? Okay, so the original, so the original point is Rick, uh, earlier this year, Ricky Starks was hot, and he's another one that the trigger didn't get pulled on. Which fuck, which fucked me up, and, uh, can y'all please at your fucking alignment, please. Rick, like Ricky, act your fucking alignment. Like you were doing good when you jogged, when you decided to do a lap around the ring to avoid putting a strap on on your wrist. But you went and you kissed the fan's hand. Um, I mean, sure, it's probably part of your character, what the fuck ever. But uh, act your fucking alignment. You are a heel. Act like it. But he managed to jump Danielson when Danielson wasn't looking. Uh, this match got colored too. This match got colored too. So uh, Ricky Starks had a white lifting belt, and he busted Danielson open with the with the belt buckle. So this is two matches in a row. This is two matches that get colored. Why? <sighs> and then of course the main event got colored, but we'll get. But we'll get to that too, and you'll and you'll actually be surprised. But yeah, dang. So uh, big bit. So big Bill, formerly known as Big Cass, came from the crowd trying to help Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Steam, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat made the save. Danielson decided to dive on the Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Too many. Oh my God, near falls. But at least. There were at least uh finishers weren't being fucking used. So the Bucycle knee got countered into a spirit nerfall. Ricky Starks's Rochambeau was countered into a fucking knee. Nerfall. Never mind. It's what I said. Uh please protect your finishers, people. But Danielson went big but uh before this match, uh Ricky Starks was like, I'm not gonna quit. You're gonna have to kill me to make me quit. So Danielson locked in the LaBelle lock with the strap and choke Ricky Stark unconscious. So why do if if Ricky Stark is a heel, why do we give him a babyface finish? Are we turning him babyface again? Because that's a babyface finish. Heels don't pass out. Heels tap out. The fuck, Nimrods. Yeah, and last I remember 
Ugh, last I remember, the fucking BBC were heels. But Danielson was working babyface. And see, eh. this is the problem. There's no there's no consistency. Everybody in this goddamn company flip-flops like the Big Show has always done in WWE. Like, y'all, congratulations. Y'all are all somewhat on Big Show's level as far as turning between heel and babyface. Y'all might be whooping his ass with the amount of times that y'all turned and the most of y'all have only been there two or three years. God damn it. <laughs> and to Danielson, all I'm going to point out is, but you had a problem because Vince McMahon didn't want you, wanted you to, you know, wrestle a way that would prolong your career. But you'd rather be over here constantly getting injured because you've been concussed and broken your fucking arm since you've been here. Vince was trying to save him from himself. But no. Nah. It, is, it is getting very difficult to retain respect for some of the individuals that work in this damn company because y'all do dumbass shit. And, and, and mind you, Brian Danielson is the one that Tony recently said if something were to happen to him, he feels Brian Danielson should be the one that should be in charge of the company or whatever the fuck, bruh. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Hell no, because I don't give a fuck how I don't give a fuck how creative you think he is not. I don't give a fuck how creative you think he is. And by all accounts, even in WWE, he had relatively decent ideas and was working with creative even over there at points. But at AEW, hell no. But at AEW, hell no. And here's why. The assholes in the arena match at Double or Nothing was pretty fucking evident. Like, he dragging himself. He was dragging him. Okay. I don't give a fuck about useless, and I don't really care about the plumber. But Danielson and Claudio did not deserve to be in that damn match. Like, they did not deserve to be dragged down with the fucking plumber. Let's move on to the next match. And speaking of the BBC, this is a piss break. This is a piss break tag team match. I like me some Eddie Kingston a little bit. Eddie Kingston tagging with some Japanese dude. Uh, I managed to get his name down. Katsuyori Shibata. Hey, Sockface, once again, try selling me on these wrestlers. Make me give a fuck who these people are. And apparently he's the Ring of Honor pure champion. And now Taz is on com now Taz is on commentary for this one. Also, Claudio got a fat ass. I'm just saying. Man, uh 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 and, and man. You'll see. You'll see if you check them out in them tights. Ooh, buddy. I ain't no. I, I ain't no Swiss niggas had it like that. But moving on. Um, but again, apparently Kingston and Claudio a few. This match was a piss break, and the BBC ultimately ended up winning because Claudio <laughs> hit Kingston with a fucking European uppercut. Wow, useless was getting choked out. Makes Eddie Kingston look really fucking weak. 
Uh, eh. Like I said, it was a piss break. The next match, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love this one. You're gonna love you're gonna love this one because it's your favorite wrestling artist in the entire fucking world. The best bout machine, whatever the fuck. Whatever the fuck twinkle toes make finger bang. Harpo marks, whatever the fuck you want to call them. So basically, it's Kenny Olivier versus Kanosuke take a shit. God damn it, Cor not Cornette got me doing it. Kanosuke <laughs> Takeshita. I thought it was Takashita, but whatever. Here's the problem with Don Callis. Here's the problem. I don't give a fuck about anybody in this match. I don't give a fuck about anything Twinkle Toes ever does because I call him Twinkle Toes. And side note for dipshits that want to get all in their feelings talking about, well, it's homophobic. No, the fuck it's not. The it's bitch nice. dances around like a fucking ballerina. He's a prancing, prancing little fucking fairy, and that's not me being using a homophobic slur, although. Bitch, I swing both ways. So even if I was, bite me. What he said? What he said? Cause I used the name one time, and they were like, "That's homophobic, bitch. I'm bisexual." And I find Please. nothing offensive. And I find nothing and, offensive about the name. And Kenny's bisexual. Yeah, and to the particular individual, they got all up in their feelings about that one. Because I know that particular individual. Shut the hell up. Please stop talking. At this point, you're looking for something to get offended about because you don't like Cornette. Fight me. <laughs> okay? Because I personally don't give a French fried fuck. When he calls him Twinkle Toes, the name fits when you look at how he moves and prances around. It wasn't a sexual thing because nobody, I guarantee see you, Cornette, didn't know that Jackass is supposed to be bisexual. Because I didn't either. I would have never thought and I didn't give a shit. And now that I know, I kind of hate him even more not for his sexuality but for the fact that he's a horrible representation of us i didn't know until you told i didn't know until you said it on on your show that he told don callis to 69 him in the middle of the ring and i'm like twinkle toes is bisexual yeah you're a horrible fucking representation <sighs> See, this is why this is why I like Orlando Jordan better. Anyway, ugh, I'm gonna try to get through this match as quickly as I can because I know how much you adore Twinkle Toes. Justin Roberts, please. Why was your introduction to Twinkle Toes so goddamn obnoxious? He's the greatest bout machine in the world. Rest the longest reigning AEW world champion in history. Which has so much less meaning when you realize he's the EVP. So him even holding that title doesn't even make fucking sense, let alone being the longest running in history, you goddamn moron. Because he booked himself that way. <laughs> fucking jackass. And it's got Sorry, all the... Yeah, it's got all the usual fuck, you know, it's got all the usual Twinkle Toes bullshit turning his back to 
back to hit the rope, all the pointing, all the jazz hands in, the V-trigger, the one-wing fairy, uh, twinkle toes and take a shit, exchanging slaps, twinkle toes' his punches are the drizzling shit, his face, his facial expressions are the, are the drizzling shits. But this the best wrestler in the world, yo. This the be- This is he's the best wrestler in the fucking world. Harpo Marks, y'all. Let some of these motherfuckers tell it. <laughs> and all the fucking diving. This match is too long. But what do you expect? It's a goddamn twinkle toes match. It's a goddamn twinkle toes match. Uh there was an avalanche blue thunder bomb near fall. Don Callis. Apparently, uh, Don Callis at one point shanked Twinkle Toes with a screwdriver. If he if he could just actually do that, that would be fucking great. Uh, take a shit basically won after a fucking knee strike. <sighs> after, and yeah, this match, this match, I could have just, I could have did without it. I could have did without it. If Twinkle Toes. I could do without Twinkle Toes on a card. I mean, all I'm gonna say on this one to, to wrap that part up is, who gives a shit? Y'all do not do anything when you bring in foreign stars to explain to the fans. And for the record. Just because your main audience is basically the diehard fans that watch whatever bullshit you put on here does not mean that you as announcers should not be building people that you bring in. You want us to think that they're a big fucking deal, but I don't know who the fuck they are. Who, who Newsflash. Japanese wrestling is not necessarily easier to watch now. It doesn't come on, you know, I, I don't have a streaming service that, that you know, provides me with that. I'm not going to go on fucking YouTube and look for Japanese wrestling because right now I'm, I'm pretty much at the point of I hate wrestling as a goddamn whole and I have been a fan since 1990, so fuck y'all for that. Mm. Your job as announcers is to sell me on your product and, and, and the people that I am seeing. Jim Ross used to be really good at that. Who are these people? Who would the think- fuck are they and why do I care? Make me care. Explain to me and not in just one little sitting. If you got, you should have weeks to build this shit up, which you didn't because y'all are stupid and y'all booked two pay-per-views in the span of seven fucking days like goddamn idiots. Oh, this shit with Don Callis has been going on since fucking March. I know the Don Callis shit. I don't give a shit about take a shit. Who is he? Why do I care? Hey, Sockface, you can't explain why I care? That's why you suck as a fucking announcer, dumbass. <laughs> you want announcer of the year because Meltzer likes to kiss the EVP's asses. So anything that he does to hype AEW, and this is why I so appreciate Chris Van Weed or whatever fuck his name is, calling Meltzer out on his show and basically pointing out, you have given some of the best matches in history less than five stars, but you keep giving Twinkle Toes fucking above five stars for dumb shit. Yeah. Kurt Angle has no five-star matches. 
from um, Shawn from Michaels versus The Undertaker did not get five stars. None of them. Not the 90s ones, not WrestleMania 25 or WrestleMania 26. Could not hit five stars. But this finger-pointing dumbass has more five-star matches than pretty much anybody. And above. Fuck oh, you, Nelson. Oh, assholes in the arena got fucking five stars. Oh, take a shit showed up at double or nothing. I remember. I don't give a fuck. And I don't fuck. Ugh. I hate this program. I hate your announcers because they don't know how to fucking do their job. I hate the fact that none of you understand that you, if you do nothing but appeal to the same subset of under 900,000 fans, normally around 700,000 fans that you get to tune into Dynamite on a regular, you will never grow this product. Do not let what y'all did at Wembley let y'all's head swell up and think, oh, well, I must be doing something right. No, bitch, you're not. Congratulations, you managed to sell out Wembley because they, because Wembley, that London needed a wrestling event and WWE hasn't given them one in years. Congrats. Dumbass. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, y'all aren't really doing anything. And, and then for someone like myself who hates Kenny Omega any damn way, Make me care about the person that he's going to wrestle with so at least I have a reason to watch your product. You're not giving me one. Yeah. So anyway, but you know what I would pay for? You know what I would pay for? I'll pay for this. When y'all find me the one motherfucker that will legitimately punch that dumbass in the back of his fucking skull every time he turns his back to hit the fucking ropes, then I might give AEW some fucking money just to watch whoever that is punch him in the back of his fucking head repeatedly in one match. And I don't even need you to do a fucking thing else throughout the course of the match. I just want you to punch him in the back of the fucking skull every time he turns his back. <laughs> you ain't even got to win the match. Just punch Twinkle Toes. Uh, but Tw- but Tiger shit ended up winning with a knee strike after he exposed his knee. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> oh, and... It gets worse as the night goes on, and it gets worse as the night goes on, because we've got Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Rock Hard Juice Robinson. What the fuck? <laughs> Switchblade Jay White and the Gun Club versus FTR and the Hartley Boys. Oh, the super kick count was 10. Six. Oh, fan fucking tastic. God damn it. <laughs> Lots of fucking self tagging from both FTR and the Kookamongas. There was this dumbass four way atomic drop spot where everybody was in the ring, and then they all did sharpshooters. Well, yeah. So FTR and the Harley boys did sharpshooters on all the Bullet Club gold. And the referee starts counting the five to get all the illegal motherfuckers out the ring. If, and please stop. God, I, I just need Bret Hart to I need Bret Hart to come bury this match, honestly, at this point. 
I don't know that even I can do it justice for that spot alone. But the way, let's put it this way. There's a reason y'all didn't want Bret Hart as a, as a fucking agent in that company. Because if y'all had planned that fucking spot with Bret Hart backstage the moment you got back there. Because you wouldn't have been able to plan it ahead of time and, and get by him. Because he just told you absolutely not. But the moment y'all came backstage, the way Brett would have went off on every one of you involved with that for that dumbass spot. It is fantastic that some of y'all are marks for Bret Hart. I love me some Bret Hart, especially now that I'm older. Bro. But Bret Hart would tell you that that spot made no fucking sense. Don't use his finish as a spot. Use it to build tension. No one's saying you have to use his finish as a finisher. You can use the sharpshooter as the submission hold that it is. Don't use it as a as a spot to, to get people to go, yay, there's a bunch of people in sharpshooters. That's the fuck the fucking FTR has actually managed to drag themselves down by working in working this damn company. And working with these dipshits. Ugh. All right, continue. Yes, I mean, the be- we got the best tag team teaming with the absolutely worst. Again, six super kicks in the entire match. Pretty tame. Uh, fucking... Bo- <sighs> so, again, let's stop burying your refs, AEW. So the referee, so uh, out, once everybody was out, uh, the legal motherfuckers was outside the ring, I didn't pay attention. So who? Because I wanted this match over with. And I noticed the referee quit counting after four. Roll Warriors skull it. <laughs> that would be the balding buck. <laughs> Missing a moonsault off the apron, but uh, Jay White sold it like it actually hit. And then there was another dumbass spot where Dax Harwood, where Dax Harwood suplexed one of the gun club and then the Bucks and Cash Wheeler hit a splash, an elbow drop, a 450, only for a near fall. Because the Hartley boys have to get their fucking shit in. And for the love of God, can we please stop chanting the promotion's name? It is disrespect. It is disrespectful. You know what? At this get... point, fuck it. They keep they keep disrespecting me with the product. Disrespect the fuck out of the wrestlers. <laughs> uh, so Baldwin Buck and Cash Wheeler ended up hitting the Shatter Machine. Nerf all. Uh, <laughs> Roll Warrior Buck and Dax Hardwood. Hardwood. Whatever the fuck. I did a BTE trigger for a nerf all, but ultimately the Bullet Club Gold won. Oh, and nobody realistically gives a fuck. None. At all. <laughs> and finally, the main event. The match I the match I know we've all been fucking waiting for not. It's pop it's my little dog pockets. Versus Plummer Moxley for the International Championship. That Pockets has held for 326 days. 
326 days going into All Out. Oh, and the funny thing is, Moxley, you're the number one contender, but just seven days ago, didn't the BBC lose to the fucking best friends, Eddie Kingston and some random Japanese motherfucker in football field fuckery? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so basically, bitch, you lost, you lost the pockets in fucking football field fuckery. But you're the number one contender for the international title. My, and of course, it's got all the usual Moxley shit. Played out crowd entrance, staying outside the ring longer than a count, longer than a fucking count of 10. <sighs> and all the usual pocket head games, not taking the match seriously, all this shit. But this match actually started out with 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 the plumber not letting pockets get his hands in his pockets. Just beat he beat the fuck out of pockets actually. Pockets oh pockets got color in this match. Mm, fantastic. But her. But I got I got a surprise for you. The plumber didn't bleed at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently pocket sucks so goddamn bad. Even he's like, nope, nope. We're not gonna we're not gonna act like this bitch is a threat. I don't know. Apparently so. Apparently so. Uh, so the plumber, you know, so the plumber fucking bit pockets. Pockets bit him. Later on, um, oh, oh, the plumber used like three, like three different pile drivers in the match. Yeah. Uh, of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pockets had some little weak ass chops. Uh, the ref- oh, the referee stopped it. Th- Oh, the, oh, there was two instances where the referees stopped counting when they were outside the ring. So, yes, it's the plumber burying, burying the fucking referees. Uh, the plumber tried to explo- expose the ringside floor by pulling up the mats and got count- and got his pile driver countered into a beach break. Ah. Uh, Pockets with the usual play kicks that started getting harder. No soul to Lariat from Moxley. Actually kicked out the Death Rider. And then Pockets gets up, flips off Moxley, get hit with another Death Rider, and the 326-day reign as AEW International Champion has come to an end. And no one cares. Not when I hold up a fuck is given over here. Let's 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 be fucking for real. You let a joke character who has basically openly stated that he made this gimmick as a fuck you in a roundabout way because he couldn't get over. Because he's actually this bland and fucking boring. You let this motherfucker hold any belt in your company, period, 
problem number one, but then let him hold it longer than anybody else ever got to hold it. Not that the belt means any fucking thing, because then the belts are renamed like two or three times. Got renamed. Wasn't that the Yeah, wasn't that the All Atlantic? Yeah, fuck y'all. Yeah. Who cares? And then in order to finally get the belt off him, you have to put it on the dipshit that thinks he's supposed to bleed every night on free TV. Yeah. And then here you are on pay-per-view, and it's the one fucking time he doesn't bleed. <laughs> Congratulations, dumbass. Oh, you because finally dumbass... figured out the blood isn't necessary in every match. Too bad you're oh, going to turn around and bleed on Wednesday night. <laughs> well, that's because he bled seven days ago in football field fucker. Like, that matters. He bleeds every fucking week. Oh, so I he didn't bleed tonight, but he's going to turn around and bleed either on Wednesday or Friday or Saturday and fuck him. Oh, the, oh, uh, the plumber actually explained why he bleeds every fucking day. Like, he, wait, like he wakes up and bleeds. Yeah. Uh, this is a sport, man. You know, you know, you know, we we're doing dangerous shit, man. So why should why shouldn't I bleed? Why should I have the same fucking crimson mask that looks boring and all of this other shit, dude? I heard the explanation and my response to him is this, hey dumbass. When Ric Flair bled, it was because he was drawing money. When yeah. Dusty Rhodes bled, it was definitely because he was finna draw a house. A record house. He was not going to bleed on free TV every motherfucking week to try. No, he was going to make sure that when he bled, it was going to get asses in that seat. When Hulk Hogan bled, because he would occasionally bleed, it was to draw some fucking money. He doesn't bleed for the sake of bleeding. When Stone Cold Steve Austin bled, it was to draw money. And the better part about it is, if Stone Cold knew he was bleeding in the main event, when well, nobody else can bleed on the damn card. Nobody. And here's this is my other problem. Y'all had a bunch of blood all up and down matches. this card. Three matches full of blood. For for what? And I and I am not one of the people who doesn't like blood. I like the fucking blood to have a purpose. I like blood. I need I need for it to make sense. But the fuck. But for all the kids out there who are like, but what did John Moxley say? The okay. I'm gonna try to do Brian Last John Moxley voice. Stop me if I'm doing it wrong. The point of the dissertation is that this is a combat sport. But we're not allowed to have blood in a match unless it's a personal grudge. We're only allowed to have blood after a five-month grudge, after someone slept with somebody's wife or somebody ran over someone with a car. And then, and only then, are we allowed to have this dramatic crimson mask that looks the exact same way every every single time. For me, realism-wise, since this is a combat sport, man, that means there's the potential for blood in every match. Everything in wrestling is preposterous to some degree, but this helps with the suspension of disbelief. I'm actually for less blood, but more often, if every single match on the card had a busted eyebrow or bloody nose, it would just be part of the sport. 
but some gory spectacle with blood shooting like a hose is pretty unnecessary. We're elbowing each other in the face every single match. We're kicking each other in the face every single match. What are these people made of if they're not bleeding? People ask why there's blood in the ring every time I leave it. It feels unnatural to go out of my way to make sure no one is bleeding. That feels like I'm taking my foot off the gas pedal. That doesn't interest me. Well, you know what doesn't interest me? You're bleeding off the fake shit that you bleed off of. First off, you said you're throwing elbows. No, the fuck you're not, you fucking idiot. You throw forearms, which don't hurt. Oh, no hurts, one in a real you. fight throws... Yeah, no one in the real fight throws forearms. Wanna know why? Because that bone ain't that goddamn strong, you fucking idiot. You don't throw elbows. You throw forearms that don't hurt, don't look good, and shouldn't cause blood. Furthermore, the other problem is, you fucking simpleton, You not only do you bleed in every match, but when you blade, we see you blade. I have what? never, with the professionals, seen them blade. No. Ric Flair, this that they have, that he has, I have never seen how he blades. Bret Hart, you never, you would never know that he bladed if you hadn't read his book. Uh So, hold on, because you're in. Okay. If you're an actual fucking professional, we're never supposed to see you blade. The camera is not supposed to be on you. Furthermore, and, my other yeah. point to this is going to be this. I watch the supposedly real fighting just like you do, the UFC. Do I see blood in every fight on UFC? No. And they are punching the fuck out of each other, right? And actually yeah. kicking each other, right? Supposedly. Right. right. Yeah. Hell, I watch one championship. I watch Muay Thai fights. Not everybody end up. And I know for a fact that Nia cut an elbow will definitely cut the fuck out of you. Absolutely. An actual but, elbow, not... yes. But my thing is yeah. this. If the actual real fighting does not have blood in every fight that I see... His logic makes no fucking sense. You are trying to justify doing shit that you are not supposed to do, that you were taught better than, that WWE outright told you, absolutely not. And you're so stupid that you don't even know how to work that system to actually make blood into a match. Blood has been waking its way slowly but surely back into WWE, and it's all been hard ways. Look at Brock. Lesnar. I ain't even talking about that. We just mentioned the fact that Rhea was bleeding last night. Yeah. And you could tell it was a hard way because it wasn't enough blood for it to be, you know, any form of blading. She didn't cut her head or nothing like that, and she was clearly like bleeding from either her mouth or her nose. I think it was her nose. Whatever. It looked Point like, matter is, yeah, like I think one of her persons came out with you. Probably. Blood, I mean, and, you know, blood made its way into several other matches. I mean, Roman busting Brock open, but you know what that did? It drew them fucking money. It drew you into SummerSlam last year to get that last match. 
drew us into WrestleMania last year. When they were in fucking Madison Square Garden, that's when it happened. Correct. Like so, right before, yeah. The blood has to serve a purpose, Moxley, and it never actually serves a purpose with you other than you're an idiot and a mark for yourself that actually thinks you're this tough. Highly doubt he is. But I am this tough, man. You know, you know it's, a com- it's a combat sport, man. And I could guarantee you, you would not last in a real combat sport for the simple fact of, I guarantee you, you are the type of white boy that if I punch in the nose, it fucking disorients you in the worst way. (laughs) (laughs) And the fuck the party is that? That actually makes sense. I know. I mean, because if you hit you hit either of the fucking kookamongas in the nose, they'll go run. They'll go run and cry. And I guarantee you, he's the one that if he gets punched in the nose and what he knows is an actual fight, it, it distracts him and throws him completely off his game. And he's one of those, ah, you hit me in the fucking nose. Yep, sure did. I'm gonna keep breaking that bitch too, punk ass. <laughs> fucking up all your quarters, bitch. You want to try to tell me, Moxley, that you know what professional wrestling is? No, the fuck you don't. Because even your idols would tell you, you do too much. Mick Foley would absolutely tell you, why are you bleeding every night? What is that accomplishing? Is it actually getting anybody in this match over? No, it's not. Foley didn't bleed every night. Not here, not in WWE, not in TNA, not in WCW, not in Japan. He did not bleed, not in ECW, every single fucking night. Nah, he ain't do none of that high risk shit all the fucking time either. You didn't now, see granted, all that. Bar- we know Mick Foley had to be told early on to tone down his high risk spot. You know the bumps off the apron and shit. Yeah, but he only had to be told once. And he ended up, and he got it. You, however, have been told been being told since the day you left WWE, like, hey, you do too much. You bleed too much. You do shit that don't make no fucking sense. You really don't look as tough as you think you are. You and someone really needs to sit you down and explain that you are not drawing that company a fucking dime. None. You are not the next coming of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not sorry. Not sorry about saying that at all. You are never going to amount to what Stone Cold Steve Austin does and has done. It's true. And speaking of the blood that the fucking plumber likes to shed all the time, he gets even more egregious when he's allowed to go play in garbage championship wrestling. I know it's the fucking norm, but it just becomes even more offensive. And especially when he gets with the bank addicted drug robber. Frankly, at this point, I would rather he just go to, to garbage championship wrestling and stay there. That way I never have to see the dumb shit that you do aside from the clips on Twitter and those I bypass. 
I'm not calling it X. I'm calling it Twitter, just like every fucking body else. Since, yeah. you know, Elon likes to dead name his daughter, I'm a dead name his app. Fuck him. Fuck. Hang out on Twitter. So, only... you know he has a trans daughter, and he did no. name I did not know. Hell, yes. I didn't even know the Muskrat had the Muskrat had kids. He has several children, and mm -hmm. his trans daughter wants nothing to do with him, and requested to change her name away from his last name because he dead names her. Oh, piece of shit. So, since you like to dead name your daughter, I'm a dead name your app because why the who the fuck told you to change the name of it anyway? You fucking jackass. X is a stupid ass name anyway. I mean. You might as well call it XXX, considering all the fucking porn that's on there, but eh, whatever. <laughs> Bruh. That would make so much more fucking sense. I probably would have actually used that name. I'm surprised but, he still... He'll, I'm, see, I'm surprised he still allows the fucking porn. I mean, he, he gotta beat his meat, too. <laughs> so... Yeah. But whatever. Point of matter. One of the original point was, you know, I would rather Moxley go play at what he likes to do off my fucking TV, so that I really never have to follow what he does, and I can stop burying him all the fucking time. But since you insist on being on my damn TV screen and bleeding for no fucking reason and saying stupid shit and then not being able to follow the most basic wrestling rules called, you know, stay in the damn ring when you're wrestling. Maybe if you're going to be on the outside, realize that you have a ten count to get the fuck back in the ring. That if the match is, is billed as a normal match, you cannot fight in the crowd. When you realize all of those things that you knew in WWE, but you forgot the moment you left, maybe I can stop burying you. Or you could just go to GCW where it doesn't fucking matter, and I won't have to bury you anyway because I'll never see what you do. Not unless I share it with you. I don't watch everything you send me. I hate you. Feelings mutual, bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it if I know it's stupid. <laughs> well, there was the one spot in Garbage Championship Wrestling where a dude got atomic dropped on a dildo. Yeah, I'm aware. This is why I don't watch the shit you send me. <laughs> I just wanted to see how bad you'll bury it. Or the fucking gay Ronald McDonald in Japan. I mean, like Jim Cornette said, the Indies, hey, the Indies ain't just bad in North America. They're bad in Japan, too. Because once Vince McMahon and Tony Khan get, they pick out whoever the fuck they want, all we're left with are the drizzling shits. And the gay clown in fucking, in Japan, that basically... That basically sucks dick as a submission hole is an example of that shit. I mean, if you can't get no play outside the ring, then just say that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so we're technically done with this clusterfuck of a show, right? Like, Yes, yes, we are. Yes. We are done with this clusterfuck of a show. Also, AEW announced its 
new pay-per-view coming up next month. Wrestle Dream. Oh my god, I don't care. I don't care. I don't give French fried titty fuck at all. The amount of no. fucks that I don't give have gone from the negative 1,000 that it, it had been the last time I mentioned it to about negative 3,000 now. Y'all owe me fucks to give. 3,000 fucks, exactly. And counting. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and say this as far as, you know, for me in the future, I have not been doing wrestling reviews for a reason. And I'm going to continue to really not do them after this. The I, only way that I'm going I, to do them, if I do them and if I post them, will basically be behind the subscription wall for my podcast, you know, under normal circumstances, meaning somebody is paying me to do several somebody's, given how much my subscriptions cost, are paying me to do any future wrestling reviews that I don't want to fucking do. <laughs> So if it ain't like, you know, because normally I'll do WrestleMania because I'm going to watch it anyway. Mm, yeah. I'm not really Bro, going to continue with the whole because it's it's annoying as hell. Like it it sucks to be a wrestling fan at this point. Bruh, agree. And that's just how I'm going to proceed with it. So this you know what's done on here is done on here and you know is here for y'all to get but you know when it comes to uploading it for anybody not listening live or whatever on you know spotify for podcasts or whatever the fuck they call themselves now uh yeah. i am yeah it will be locked behind paywall <laughs> if you insist on me doing these wrestling reviews and you really want that then uh i need some subscriptions on that one because i hate this shit now same. It's the only way I'll ever actually review GCW. Like, I joke about it. I, I really do joke about it, but I am not serious about reviewing Garbage Championship Wrestling. Unless you pay me. Um, yeah, and I even then, I ain't reviewing that shit. There, there are limits to my patience and what I'm willing to devote time to when GCW just ain't fucking it. But for anything, especially for AEW, because that's the one that, that just, th this entire show just pissed me off. Um, but even for the WWE reviews, like, no. Th those, those will be for subscribers so that I can get back to the content that I regularly like to do. So anything outside of the Royal Rumble... Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania is a no-go as far as WWE. Uh, Elimination Chamber is not really even included in that because I don't give a shit. The Rumble, it depends on the buildup. WrestleMania, it, at this point, it just depends on whether I think something exciting is actually going to happen. Like The only reason I even gave a shit about WrestleMania last year, there were two things that I gave a shit about. Lita and the main event. Yeah. And they fucked me on the main event of night two. Let me clarify. I have to clarify that shit. I gave a shit about the world title, and I gave a shit about my girl Lita being back and finally getting a WrestleMania win because she had not ever had a win at WrestleMania prior to that. And she managed to get it. So that's the only reason I did the review on that. And... I don't I don't know what's coming up this year, so I don't I'm not gonna guarantee I'm even gonna do WrestleMania. 
But all this shit could be locked behind that good old paywall. Facts. So, and I know I have a few specific followers that love to hear these reviews. They love to hear me torture my fucking self. So, just so that you know, <laughs> if you're not finna run me my coins on a monthly basis, you won't be getting any more. Boo. all you want i i said what i said and i meant that shit i should i should be getting this shit because i'm your editor i took the fuck okay and that's why you got this show in yesterday's show and you get to post them but i haven't posted them and don't intend to this is your show this is your shit show yeah you want to review a gcw show with me absolutely the fuck not I've been angry enough in my own damn home, and I got other shit that I could be angry about that ain't wrestling related, damn it. So, no. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Now, do we have any other closing wrestling related thoughts to get off our chest before we wrap this shit? Tony gone full of shit. Something gone full of shit. Something ain't clean in the water because why the fuck does Jack Perry still have a job? And we're not the only ones that are asking that particular question because I've seen a lot of people on social media today. They're like, I don't, that don't really mind that Punk got fired, but we're all questioning why did Punk get fired, but Jack Perry still has a job. And don't give me that bullshit. It's because, oh, well, I didn't feel safe. We don't, I don't give a shit about that. That's not the problem. You're not the first fucking promoter to be threatened by goddamn talent, to be quite honest. Hell, even Vince yeah. got threatening him to fuck up by a talent. It was a no-name-ass talent, but he'd still get, it still happened. Got knocked out by a talent. Got knocked out by one of his biggest draws in the new generation. Like, shit happens. So, but my thing is this. There was wrong on both sides, and if you're going to punish one, you should have punished the other, and the suspension is not really a punishment because I'm pretty fucking sure you're still paying him. Oh, yeah. I highly doubt he suspended Jack Perry without pay. And if the whole thing was basically because he was, I mean, both of them are assholes, so the punishment should have been equal. If you're going to fire the top star that was potentially able to draw you some money, you should have fired the little mid-card dipshit that's never going to draw you a dime. Exactly. And actually, you know what? Mid-card is too generous. He's really a lower-card talent that, for whatever reason, you tried to put in the main event when y'all did that Four Pillars bullshit, and it didn't work out so hot, did it? No. Not at all. So, <sighs> let's just be fucking for real on this. Like, you know... It, there's a lot of, of chatter online, and I'm like, I do see a lot of people that more or less agree with us. It's like, okay, yeah, you fired Punk. I'm not, I, I don't really have a problem with that one, but why did you not fire the other one? Exactly. And and like I said last, like I said last show, you would think that firing your top draw, your biggest name, would send a message that no man is above the company, but Tony is a bitch. You want to you you really want to know what was send a message? Firing the fucking three clowns under him. That would definitely send a message to all their little fucking friends. 
And see, that was the other point that I kind of have saw brought up online today, too, where like it's not really sending a message to only fire punk because, yeah, the message you want to send is that nobody's safe. But the problem is that you're not firing the people that are actually provoking the most problems, the people that started this issue. Your EVPs. Putting them in that position was the worst mistake you made upon starting this company. You've lost one of those EVPs because Cody is gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll fire the other three. Or at least, at the very least, somebody else pointed this out. They're like, when the incident happened last year, you suspended them, but what you should have done demote was suspend them. them and demote them and never promote them back. What were they going to do? Go running to Vince? Vince wasn't going to give them any, anything remotely similar to that. At best, right, he would tell them you're going to be a talent on the roster like every other talent I have. And if I want your your feedback, I'll take it. But first, you're going to go down to the fucking performance center and learn how to wrestle, bitch. Because this shit that y'all do, it ain't going to work. Like, so what, what What did you think they were going to do, Tony? Were, did you really, were you that scared that they would go to Vince McMahon? Stop being such a pussy. Let them go. Trust me, Vince wasn't going to use them in a way that they think was being used well. Same with Triple H taking over and creative. They weren't going to get used and pushed to the fucking moon and able to do what they want to do. No. And they certainly weren't going to get any form of executive role because Vince already has that structure in place. Triple H already has that structure in place. They're not going to put someone at the corporate level like them three. So what would you really have lost? If you're going to set examples, you need to set examples of everyone. Them being suspended amounted to nothing. Because they still came came back back with the same payroll, the same positions. And the same bullshit. And then you don't, apparently you don't ever dress them down if they do shit out in the ring that they shouldn't be doing. Like when they were making fun of Punk the, upon the moment they got back. Them going out to the ring and doing the little parade around, that was not drawing heat the way that y'all think it is. So if you're going, you got to do more to set an example than just firing Punk. Exactly. But you're not going to. So. And his invest, that sounds like his investigation was bull was bullshit too because surely your little investigation committee recommended that you fire fucking Jack Perry. They should have. And And if they they didn't, then let's be fucking for real here. Then we clearly have a vendetta against Punk, justified or not, but all things ain't even. Nope. Call it what it is. Other than that, you know, it's the only other thing I'll throw out there is that it's still sad that I, the only thing about your company, Tony, that interests me and the fans that got turned off after about two weeks of your programming and seeing the drizzling shit show that you're running. Your drama. The the, The only thing that interests us is the drama that happens backstage that always comes out because y'all leak the shit to Meltzer and Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp and whoever the fuck else you can leak it to. 
and no fault to like you know Sean Ross Sapp or whatever for you know taking the news as given to him. All the fault to fucking Meltzer for being a, dish, a fucking douchebag and and being so preferential. And Alvarez also has his own issue because apparently he has beef with Punk because Punk got to date Maria back in the day, and for mm. some reason Alvarez thought he had a fucking shot. <laughs> Have you ever seen a little funny looking bastard? Nah. Go look a picture of him. Look at him, then look at Maria, and tell me at what point in life he thought he had a shot with her. Nine. But apparently the entire source of his heat, according to several people, Alvarez. Yeah. Oh, funny looking motherfucker. Apparently the and whole he's... source of his his constant beef and the reason he's constantly bashing Punk is solely because of that bitterness that Punk dated Maria and he had a thing for Maria. Weak. Like, bitch, Punk dated everybody. Punk dated Maria, Punk dated Beth Phoenix, Punk dated Lita, and then he married AJ Lee. Shut the hell up. So crying ass on. Hey, a funny looking motherfucker. Well, look, exactly. This motherfucker look creepy. Cause he is. So it's like that's that that's his beef with Punk. So that's why he keeps reporting so negatively on him. Meltzer always reports negatively on him, despite what he just said today about trying to to tell Punk's side. Fuck you. You don't like Punk because the the fucking Harley boys don't like Punk. And because the only people that will give you the, the feeling that you're actually in the wrestling business is these two dipshits that name their finisher after you. Apparently they got more than one finisher. But who gives a, a fuck? fuck? Who gives a fuck? The point is you named a your finish that people know is the Melter driver. And unless you actually read the dirt sheets, you don't have a fucking clue why the fuck they call it the Melter driver. They named it after the only dipshit that likes them. Yeah. Yeah, they make him feel like he's one of the boys that he's in the business. Meanwhile, every other veteran will have nothing to do with Meltzer. You got your feelings hurt when you tried to approach Booker T like you were one of the boys, and Booker put your ass in your place. Reminded you that y'all ain't fucking friends, and you don't, you not supposed to be talking to him like you so familiar. Hmm. Guess people forgot that one from a couple years ago on the fucking Jericho Cruise. Apparently so. I didn't. I filed things away to hold against dumb motherfuckers. So, at this point, I'm just waiting to see what happens next. And if what happens next is Punk, you know, spilling all the tea, <laughs> I'll do. An, I'll give y'all a show on that. Oh, I'll be interested. That one I'll do free of charge. If Punk starts spilling the tea, we're going to have some conversations about all the tea that he spills. Oh. It's going to be coordinated. I'm going to have to take notes on that shit. Right. But as long as there's nothing else, can we wrap this up? Go right ahead. Motherfucker, this show show. You wrap this shit up. Again? Again? Fuck. You I insisted on this shit. This is your yes, penalty. 
this is my fucking penalty, but I just got through editing your damn book. <sighs> once again, once again, hashtag bring back Adonis. Please, re- if you're into Draco's books, if y'all want to get to know Draco, follow him. Follow him on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Draco's Den, all spelled the same. His website is dracosden.com. He is the author of the Dragon Hunters series and the Coven series and Journey Shadow of the Past, available on Kindle Vela. But please, read the Dragon Hunters series. And when y'all get to the end of the Dragon Witch, you'll know why I I go hashtag bring Adonis back. Matter of fact, read Blood Monarch. Read Blood Monarch. And you'll understand uh, how Adonis can be. In that one. No, no, no. Relinquish Wait, Mercy. Relinquish Mercy was the one you're looking for. Oh, Blood, Monarch they... was just, Blood Monarch is Vax and Vlad and Amaya and Galen. You oh, okay. are referring to what happens in Relinquish Mercy. Oh, when uh, Jarrell and oh, when the angels kept running up on Brandon talking about, well, we want spoiler alert. Well, we want Adonis on our team and all this other bullshit. I mean, technically, I guess the angel part does sort of happen in uh, Blood Monarch, but what really sets y'all the fuck off is between the Dragon Witch and then especially Relinquish Mercy, because I did what I did on purpose. Yeah, so hashtag bring Adonis back. Also, also, I need Galen flying around in either great sweatpants or black basketball shorts. But all that aside, his podcast is Draco's Den, available where podcasts are available. And y'all can follow yours truly on Facebook, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Tarias, all spelled the same. If you want to check out my podcast, it's, it's called Tighten Up at Tighten at uh Let's Tighten Up. Anchor.fm slash Let's Tighten Up. Tighten is in the Greek Titans. But with that being said, we are on our way out of here for the night. Y'all take care and we'll see y'all on the next show. Peace out.